Welcome to We're Right. We're Right focuses on advocating for mental health and physical health through sharing stories. My name is Dr. Belcher. I'm a licensed mental health counselor, supervisor, and counselor educator. I'm looking forward to connecting with each listener. Remember, this ain't therapy, but it's kind of therapeutic. Now, let's get into today's episode of We're Right. Like, how powerful would it be to have a moment where at an HBCU, the entire LGBTQ plus spectrum was represented in the faculty and staff in front of everyone and said, we might not all work in the same department, but we're here. And we're here and we're proud to say we're here and we're not afraid or ashamed to be like, look at our queerness in this space. Look at our gayness in this space. Like, you're not getting rid of us because we do what we're supposed to do. But it would also be powerful, I think, in a sense for us to see each other. Because unless you know that person um, and they have shared that with you, you wouldn't know. Now, I'm not saying that I want people who aren't out to you know, Mm -hmm. be forced out of the closet. That's not what I'm saying because that's terrible. That happened to me in a situation with a family member and it was a terrible, terrible experience. Um, So I'm not saying that, but, you know, even somebody who might be closet might say, oh my God, there is a community here. Mm -hmm. Like I I could be seen, you know, look at the, I'm just picking a random number. Look at the 25 people who are standing up and saying, look, I identify as LGBTQIA+. This is my community. If you, you're you new here, you work here, when you come out or when you feel like you're ready, you have your community in this space. Like, to me, that would be... I don't know how to... It would be so life-altering. Like, and then... And not saying that, yeah, it would just be life altering. I don't want to say we have to always be on display as like some mm-hmm. type of look at us, we're the gays, we're walking through life. Like, like, I don't want it to sound like that, but I want it to sound like the same way if they would say all the black women in the room stand up. Maybe not at HBCU because there's a lot of us there. Um, but like, even in my undergrad career, I think I had I had two African American female professors, two. And I know I took a multitude of classes. Right. I should not have had just two. Um I've had students when I was able to teach at uh, uh ODU when I was able to teach in the women's studies department, which was an amazing experience and I had students email me and they were just like it was so nice to see a black professor and a black female professor they were just like now I feel like even if I don't go into teaching like this is something I can do it was an inspiration like I don't see myself as an inspiration I'm just like I walk through life I stress out about everything you know who am I inspiring and for them to send a message back saying you know you might not know everything that you're doing, but you still inspire me because I haven't seen this before. Shakes you 
shakes you in a, like it shakes you in a way where you're like I'm happy for them to see what they could become but at the same time why is this so rare in that space but also in a space like I've had a unique experience of working at, at both a PWI and a HBCU so it's like certain things are certain things at the PWI that are like mind-boggling are not at Mm -hmm. an HBCU like the majority of professors are black females so that's not that's not shocking but you're still like well I'm still like so while my sex isn't as shocking what might be more shocking or what might be more impactful is sharing other parts of me with my students or with and not just with my students but with the people I work with they laugh at me all the time they're like you have progress flags and pride flags everywhere I said because every space you walk in that I that I operate in you are going to know that it's a safe space for anyone for anyone but especially those students who are LGBTQIA students, faculty, staff. If you if you identify or you're an ally, you have a space, safe space here. Well, you're definitely creating that. You said that how nice it would be if it existed, but you you have it. You are maybe it's just you right now, but hopefully more listeners will hear this and know that Dr. Lawrence over at Virginia State University is happy and proud with who she is and would like for folks to see it is okay for them to also be happy with who they are in their queerness and do whatever they want to do, whether they decide that they want to go our path and get become professors or any other path that they choose. They, they know at least that Dr. Lawrence is there to support them. Uh, Dr. Belcher, I'm here to support them from my end. It's kind of crazy that you at Virginia State, I'm a VCU. So between the two of us, we got several miles, but we're saying that we're here. Now, I want to kind of hit on a few more things because we've been talking about how you're you're a professor and you've talked about uh, maybe your master's degree, but let's just go through this. Undergrad degree, what's your undergraduate degree in and where'd you get it from? So my undergraduate degree, I have a BS in psychology with a minor in women's studies from the Altman University Okay. in Norfolk, Virginia. All right. So then did you go from undergrad straight to grad school? Yes. Uh, but I started as a non-degree certificate earning graduate student. I went to VCU for a year and I worked on a women's studies, certi- well, a gender sexuality and women's studies certificate. Um, while applying to graduate school program, like law, master's and PhD programs. Uh, and I was able to get into, well, I got into the master's of clinical psychology at BSU. And so instead of finishing my certificate, I took a break and I said, I'm going to jump at the opportunity to go and get my master's degree. So I have a master's degree in clinical psychology from Virginia State. Uh, and while doing that, uh, I was encouraged and decided to um, get my PhD. And I took a bit of a pivot um, from 
the clinical aspect and I went into health psychology with a focus in behavioral and community health sciences. So my PhD, it says health psychology. It's really almost like a PhD in public health for mm-hmm. a lack of, um, for, or for a clear understanding of what we, what I do. So it's more of that community engagement kind of thing. Uh, but I also have that from Virginia State. So, and then uh, I wasn't done. I felt like I still needed to finish that certificate. So once I finished my PhD, I went back to finish my um, gender sexuality and women's studies certificate. And I was able to get that at ODU. So I like to say I started my career at ODU and well, my academic career and I finished my academic uh, degree earning journey at uh, ODU as well. Oh, you've been busy. So that's a couple of the steps. So if someone wants it to do exactly what you're doing, while there are many ways to do it, this would be one way, getting your undergraduate mm-hmm. degree. Um, and I say there's many ways in the sense that there's many majors you can major in, but generally speaking, the steps are the same of undergraduate degree, master's degree, doctoral degree and of course certificates for additional understanding and knowledge yes um i've also noticed too that some programs especially in psychology your master's degrees are are few and far between because most of the time you for psych students or psychology focuses you go straight from a bachelor's to a phd because you earn your master's within that program. So you earn what they call a terminal master's. Oh yes, good point. So in case anyone is looking up and you see a um, potentially like a five-year PhD program in psychology, two of those years you're obtaining the information, at least I'll say generally, the information for your master's and then you go through with your doctoral work. Mm-hmm. So now kind of, I'm just there's so much there's so much there's so many questions that I have I always enjoy talking to you but I wanted to ask you this one or state this one ask this one so the philosophy of we are right is about taking action displaying integrity and promoting grace and health through transparency when you think about your life does this resonate with you in any way and of course it's like a yes no and if so please explain I definitely think it does uh, resonate with me. I think for me, the best way this resonates is with my work. Um, it's getting there with my life in general. Um, because I would love to sit here and say like, yes, I feel like I'm moving in the right direction. More days than not, I'm like, I question what is giving my life meaning. Um, but what I hope is that this philosophy is what I just naturally display, what people see when they look at me, um, but how I feel, like when I look up, am I, you know, am I taking action, um, when it comes to whatever, I'm focused on at the moment, whether it be um, a diversity vision, excuse me, a diversity division that I am working on um, currently, uh, whether it be 
just how I walk in spaces, be it in class or throughout life. Um, am I being true to myself? Um, and just being open to my own strengths and struggles because I think a lot of times we we see everybody's strengths, we see everybody's good moments. We don't see everyone's bad moments. We don't ever see the moments where people are like, I feel fat today. I, you know, feel lonely because I don't have a partner. I, I feel lonely, you know, I feel sad because, you know, I just found out I have this health issue and I know it's something I have to deal with, which means I'm going to have a, to make major life shifts. I just don't think we hear those things enough from the people around us and, you know, from celebrities. I think it's getting better, but I mean, we don't see everybody. Um, we don't see everyone's flaws. And I think I just try to walk through life almost like an open flaw book. Like, let's, that's where my transparency comes. That's where I like to, you know, everybody plays devil's advocate, but I'm always devil's advocate. Like, well, everybody doesn't feel that way. There are ones of us who feel like this. And I think it helps because, including yourself, um, give yourself grace. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be strong all the time. Sometimes taking action is just saying, this bothers me. I know I'm going to do something about it eventually, but right now it, it it bothers me. Or taking action could be, I don't need to do anything about it. You know, I, there are sometimes where I'm like, I don't want to be the gay crusader. You know, okay. I don't want to be the, you know, gender and sexuality studies guru. There are days when I'm just like, it's what I focus on and they're a part of me. But there are so many other pieces to me that, you know, this time I, I, I don't need to go on that march. It's important, but okay. I can sit back and I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Um, so, yeah, that's how I would explain that. Thank you for that. You, there's something and you just let me know if you're like, no, I don't want to be challenged or anything, but so I'll look to you to see if you say you give me any nonverbals. But um, you said you walk Don't around. Don't use your like, counseling mind tricks. Stop using <laughs> those counseling mind tricks. <laughs> you said you walk around like this open flaw book. And while I get what you mean, I guess I also want to just add to it. I'm thinking at least the way to give you some feedback from where I see you. I don't view it as a flaw book as much as I view it as you're open about, you're, you're honest. So many people walk around lying all the time and they present present this life as if I'm great. Everything in my house is perfect. My bills are paid. Like life is wonderful. And that is not real. No. It's not to say that people are always suffering, but life, is, life isn't, life isn't all high notes. It's all the pieces. And we, I think that it's so important to be able to be open and show the true human experience of like, hey, I showed up, might be a few minutes late. Hey, I'm in here and 
you all know, like we all know I'm going through this thing, but I'm still here and we're going to make our way through it. So mm -hmm. just all of that to say, I don't view you as a flaw book, um, but I do view you as somebody who's honest and transparent. Maybe that's what I need to start saying. It's like, this is, I cry. I have days where I just don't feel the best. There are days when I don't want to be on social media, not because it's not fun to, you know, look at random stuff, but it's just, it doesn't bring me happiness. It doesn't, you know, there are moments when it does not bring me joy. And we don't talk about, all we say is, you know, even in, we read it all the time, this makes people depressed. This, okay, so what do you do? So what's next? Because people aren't going to be on social media. People right. aren't going to not walk through life saying, oh God, you know, I wish my life was like that person's. I would love to say I don't do that. I, there are days when I do that. Listen, the, the data, the research on social media and the negative impact it is having on all of us. I mean, sometimes I wish I lived my highlight real life. That is not, you know, you know what I'm saying? are not my entire life. Like it would be great if those six photos was every day, but no, no. So like I go, yeah, I, I don't post as much as I used to. I just post very rarely now, which sometimes makes me sad, but it makes me sad in the sense that I'm like, man, I wish other things were going on in my life that were postable. But I also look at it and say but if I'm posting about it am I missing the experience and so maybe that's that's my philosophy that might be my overall life philosophy is I'm just tired of missing experiences whether they be personal choices of not taking them or or taking that opportunity or allowing things to suck up my time that don't need to take that much time um that I, I I need to say that's one thing I'm I'm truly proud of is that I don't I really try to be present more and I notice things that I don't always speak on but especially for our age group it's like this sense like i don't know when you're not present you miss so much and it could be just being present in a room with your friends and everyone is not on their phone like there's so much happening even if it's just the moment of looking up and saying we're all in the same space at the same time not on our phones <laughs> so um okay. yeah no, I think being in the moment is and I know you're saying like our age I, I feel like I have a similar experience of I have a greater satisfaction with life because I'm more present with life um and maybe that's a part of the grind culture of trying to get through the, the degrees and all of those things or and it doesn't have to be degree specific but trying to navigate all of the loops hoops you have to navigate mm -hmm. in your 20s so that you can then when you're in your 30s sometimes it's just like okay wait 
I've been running for 25 years. I'm, I would like to stop. And, it sounds cliche, but smell mm -hmm. the roses. Like I actually would like to see the fruits of my labor. Can I sit down for a second? But there's also this utility in stopping and sitting down for that moment and truly being present in various degrees. So I think <clears throat> the last little thought that I have on this is, is as we're coming towards a close, what are you going to do for you? Uh, what do you do? You said you like Marvel, uh, all things black nerd, but what are you currently doing in your free time to decompress, relax? So this, so first and foremost is therapy. Uh, as much as I would love to say, I'm the psychologist who knows what to do with therapy. It works. Everybody should do it. Even if you see the person once a month, we all need it. Um, it, truly I feel like I'm in a space where like I look forward to my my therapy session because even though I know it's going to be hard and it's sometimes it's stuff I don't want to do I know it's going to put me in places where I need to be um mental health wise so that's one thing um another thing is just getting out like physically removing myself from my house at least, like, if I notice, I'm like, okay, it's been four days or three days and I've been in the house, um, saying, okay, it's time to get out. Even if I just go up the street to grab, a, you know, Chick-fil-A or visit, hang out with friends or do, you know, something like, hey, let's go out for happy hour. Like, I try to do things like that that I wouldn't do before. Um, but sometimes it's just listening to what I want to do um yeah I think it's almost like that's not a good analogy but it's almost like embracing singlehood in all of its ways it's saying do everything you want to do that you didn't do before that you felt like you couldn't do before yeah and you know looking for my special someone but we'll see where that where that leads me uh that has yeah we'll see where uh -oh. that goes but it's just embracing life um but also listening to myself and realizing there are days when it's okay I used to beat myself up for just laying in bed and not doing anything now I'm like it's okay to lay in bed or lay on the couch mm -hmm. and watch movies all day and that's fine it is yeah which was what I'll be doing later today so <laughs> I'll be looking forward to that. I love it. I love it. I'm glad to hear that you have a variety of things that you're doing. And then, so one, to just make sure everyone knows the psychologist goes to counseling, the counselor, me, I'm a counselor. I go to counseling. It is, it's necessary. Oh my gosh. For me, I'll say that. I do agree with your statement. I think everyone should go to therapy. But sometimes folks don't listen to me. They're like, of course you think that. You're a counselor. But it is helpful to talk to someone that is not in your immediate circle. It is helpful to learn how to communicate. And then separate from that, singlehood. That's a whole a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. whole nother. That's probably a whole nother episode that we might have to reach <laughs> to have a whole conversation about just singlehood. But I do think that they're, from the piece of thinking about what do you do in your free time, whether someone is in a relationship or not, making sure you still take time for yourself, not losing yourself within a relationship. Um, 
And then also, I think this could be our jumping even off point if, for the next time. Oh, go ahead. Even if your relationship is with yourself, because I think that's what we don't think about. Listen, that's this is where I was going. So, you know, we're going to have to <laughs> save part two for singlehood. The most important relationship is a relationship with yourself. I'm going ahead and put that out there and we'll have Dr. Lawrence back with us. So thank you so much for making time to come on and talk and share more about yourself. Hopefully listeners are able to recognize that as you referenced, there, there are more opportunities for us, for queer people, for Black queer people. And there's nothing wrong with what you may see as an immediate option. That's fine. And we want you to know you can do just about everything, anything you want. I only put that just about because everyone has different interests. So uh, so anyhow, any final remarks from you? This was fun. I like this. Yes, I would love to come back. So. Oh, I didn't give you a choice. So. <laughs> no, you didn't. But that's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> All Parker right, said thank- he'll come back. He's he's sleep now, so he's not here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. So y'all stay tuned. Uh. Chocolate perfection, chocolate perfection. This the anthem. Get your hands up, okay? Chocolate perfection, chocolate perfection. This the